Welcome to CDCR Unlocked. I'm Joe Orlando. And I'm Tessa Outheis. The Office of Employee Wellness, or OEW, provides a safe, accessible, and connective space for proactive wellness support, education, and resources for all CDCR employees and California Correctional Health Care Services employees as well. They offer an employee assistance program, CalHR wellness program, and a peer support program, just to name a few. Today's topic is stress resiliency. We'll hear staff stories and learn what stress is, what triggers it, and what you can do about it. Let's listen in. Hello, everyone. I'm Sergeant Corey Ringer with Department of Corrections Rehabilitation, based out of Advanced Learning Institute. Today, I'm joined with Office of Employee Wellness. With me again is Catherine Jew. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Sergeant Ringer, for having me back. Uh, it's great to have you back. And also joining us today is my Holo- her Holloway. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm terrible with names. So we're just going to have to get past that point <laughs> yes. right now. Um, do you want to give us a little bit of... Um, background about yourself? Yes. So I am a licensed clinical social worker, LCSW. I joined the Office of Employee Wellness in February of 2021. Um, Before then, I was with the Department of Social Services. My uh, history, my experience comes from working in the community in a nonprofit. Um, I have experience working with children, adolescents, at-risk teens, uh, adults, and with families who have all struggled with trauma, um, depression, anxiety, and suicide. Um, also who have struggled with drugs and alcohol abuse. I have experience working um, with um, the community, uh, sex trafficking, um, at-risk teens, and so I'm so glad to be able to use my previous experience here at CDCR and helping our uh, staff and their families. That sounds like really challenging work and very, very broad spectrum of different things you've had to work with. Yes, a lot. And um, it is challenging, but it's also very rewarding. Yeah. Um, it's really important that we see and acknowledge the pain and the trauma, but also can see the strength and resiliency behind it. And that's what I aim to uh, focus on and bring out. Yeah, no, that's great work. And again, Office of Employee Wellness, um, all of you do amazing work for our staff, their families, everything from you know younger kids all the way up through. It's, um, it's really great work that all of you do. So again, thank you very much for all of that. Thank you. Thank you. So today's segment, we're going to focus in on kind of the stressors of the job. And a lot of that focus is going to be the building blocks that lead up to things down the road. And, you know, I always like to start it off kind of like a story of, you know, how it all began. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I went through a 16-week academy before I actually entered the walls. And I remember the first day, I started at 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, I was assigned, my first assignment was going to be a yard crew officer, which I still didn't even know what that meant when I was, you know, getting ready to drive in. So I got up about 5 o'clock in the morning, three hours before my shift, and I start putting out my gear got my belt there. I've got my ID that I've quadruple checked like 10 times to make sure it's my face, my name on there. Um, and I started driving in and it didn't really hit me until I started driving in. It's about a good 30 minute drive. And as I'm driving, I can start to see that kind of ominous glow that prisons had. And some of them still do. Um, it was the type of lights we had then. Now we have a lot of LEDs, so they're a little bit brighter. Um, but there was this ominous like orange glow 
And I just remember that that glow got closer and closer and closer. I could feel like the tension, shoulders. I was gripping the steering wheel a bit more. You know, I turned down the road to go to it and I drive into the parking lot. Now it's really hitting me like I'm not here for training today. I'm not going to sit in a classroom. I'm going to be working inside with my brothers and sisters on the line um, and doing who knows what throughout that day. And again, I check my ID like four times before I go up. I put it in my left pocket, my left chest pocket. I walk up to the entrance gate where the officer has to check you in before you can go inside the institution. And for some reason, even though I checked it, top left pocket, chest pocket, four times, I get to the gate and the first pocket I reach into is the right chest pocket. I unzip it. I put my hand on I'm like, there's no ID. There's like an instant bead of sweat builds up on me. And I'm like, oh, it's on this side. Hand it to them. And, you know, they check it and hey, have a good shift. And kind of look at them like, I can go. Like, just go in now. And, you know, you hit those gates and, you know, the pneumatic gate opens. It slides open. I walk into the little sally port and... I'll never forget that sound that the gate made when it closed behind me, that metal on metal. Mm-hmm. It slammed shut and it really hit me like I'm 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 actually here, I'm doing this now. Mm-hmm. Sixteen weeks of academy has built me up to this point. Another week of training when I got to the institution, we had done a tour, you know, so I'd already been inside, but it was different now because I'm by myself and I actually have to go do the job that I've been, you know, training up to. The whole time I'm walking down to the yard, and I'm going to um, to Delta Yard, so it's one of the end ones. There's this, you know, decent walk, and every step is just a little bit more stress, a little bit more anxiety. I'm checking the ID card again that I put back in the same left, you know, chest pocket, make sure it's still there. I'm tapping all my equipment. Okay, I've got my car keys. They're in my pocket. Should they be in my lunch bag? Did I remember to bring my lunch? So I recheck that again, even though I know it's there. And then... uh I make my way down to the, uh, the complex control and the officer inside is like, you know, come up to grab my equipment. And I, I have five chits, which for people out there that don't know, the chits are a brass, um, chit, you know, circular with a hole on top that you can connect to something else. And it's got our names on it. So that's how we check out equipment. So I go up and I, Hey, I'm working Delta yard crew. And he starts handing out equipment. So I'm counting it. Every piece of equipment, I give him a chit. Piece of equipment, I give him a chit. Well, he's still handing out equipment. I have run out of chits. So I don't know what to do. He's got these um, chemical agent grenades that we have to use. They don't explode. They just emit a chemical agent out. Um, And he hands them to me, and I'm like, I'm kind of looking at him. He goes, well, I need more chits. I'm like, I don't have any more. They only gave me five. How do I get these? And he's like, oh, you knew knew here, huh? And I'm like, it's my first day. It's like my first 20 minutes inside the walls. And, um, you know, I finally get all my equipment and I make my way down and I'm like, where do I go? He's like, right over there. You just go through that gate. Okay. So I walk down, go in the program office and same thing again. I don't know where to put my stuff. I feel like I'm like Ricky Bobby's in there. Like, I don't know what to do with my hands right now. Like, I don't know what to do. Like sign in on the falsa, drop your bag over there and, you know, get ready to go in for your day. So I do all that. And then I come out and I ask the sergeant, like, hey, you know, where do I check out the equipment? Because I'm still thinking yard officer, like yard crew. I'm thinking there's going to be guys with like mowers, 
we're going to be trimming grass that day and maintain. No, I didn't know it was, you're making, you're working the main yard of this level four <laughs> institution. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to be out there with those guys just doing whatever. And yeah, that was my experience driving in. But I started thinking about it is for me, I had, you know, four months of buildup to that moment for non-custody staff. What was the process like for you the first time you ever drove to an institution? Kat, I know you were actually assigned at an institution. You were assigned to Mule Creek. Correct. Yeah. So I started at Mule Creek as an office assistant. And I'll never forget the drive-in that morning. I was so nervous. Um, You know, I pull up to the gate and there's an officer at the gate. He checks my badge and, um, you know, I, I pull in and I park and I'm walking up to the admin building Mm -hmm. and they tell me, okay, just wait here for your supervisor. She's going to come up and grab you. So I'm sitting there and, you know, my supervisor comes up, she meets me uh, in the admin building and we start walking towards, uh, the, the first gate uh, to go back inside the institution. And she says, okay, do you have your, do you have your chits and your, and your badge? And I said, yeah, I have everything I need. And so we get into that first, we go to that first gate. And like you said, I'll never forget the sound of the gates closing behind me. And I said, oh, maybe I'm confused. I'm like, where are we going? Yeah. And, you know, thinking, oh, maybe she's just giving me a tour. Maybe I'm getting the tour Yeah, the impromptu tour. The first day tour. (laughs) And she said, oh, we're going back to the office. Well, I didn't know that I was actually going to be working behind the gates. I thought, you know, first day I'm in an administrative role. I didn't realize that there's administrative functions behind the gate. (laughs) So I didn't know. And, you know, we, we walk past that, that we get out of that first gate. Then we go into control. I give, um, I give them a chit and they check out my, you know, I get my keys and we walk into, we go to B yard. That's where our office was. And I'll just know, I never forget walking past you know a yard c yard going through back to b yard and um yeah that feeling of okay well everything just got real and you know i i went to a phone and i i called my husband and i said hey um i just want you to know that I'm actually working behind the gate. He didn't know. We didn't yeah. know. I'm inside. And he yeah. said, oh, okay, well, uh, we'll talk later. Yeah, have a good day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it was very, it was, a, it was an experience I will never forget for sure. I mean, yeah. I, I got used to it over time. Um, I don't, I guess you get almost numb in a sense, Yeah. you know, which I don't think is, a good thing um right but you you almost become numb to some of those become so common like i used to yeah i used to be able to tell when when maintenance would work on the gate because it wouldn't shut the same right it didn't have the same metal on metal sound or if if there was something wrong with the gate you could hear it like you know it would shut behind you and you're like well that made a weird noise is it secure and you'd go back up and pull on it or or move and you're like i guess it's good and then someone would be like oh yeah they worked on it yesterday like oh that's why it's (laughs) That, that noise is just, it's amazing how much we're able to pick up on all that. Mm-hmm. And as for my, you weren't actually assigned to an institution, but you've been to quite a few, right? Yes, I've been to a handful of institutions. And I honestly, the first time I went to one, I treated that morning like any other morning. 
I didn't know what to expect. Um, I guess ignorantly, I didn't, you know, think it was going to be a different day. Um, the the mission of OEW is to go out and try to spread the word of our office and what we do and how we support staff. And so that was the, the mission for the day. Yeah. And so when I got there, um, my first my first memory was the booth. I'm like, oh, what do you need from me? Right. <laughs> so um, I gave him my ID card and everything was good, went in, parked. Um, and when I met with my team, I didn't know what to expect. Luckily, I was there with a lieutenant, a sergeant, and an officer. Yeah. So my plan was to do what they did and right. fake it till you make it. Right. And so <laughs> yeah, you just stay with them. Like, yeah, exactly. birds of a feather, I'm going to flock with you guys, yeah, okay? Because, yeah. you know, you look, yes. you look like you know what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. And so I stood behind the group and just kind of walked with them and looked like I knew I was doing. I mean, I knew what I was there for. I just didn't. Right know the environment. Right. And um, the first time I went through the first Sally port, I was like, wow, how many people can fit in here? You know, because mm-hmm. I think there was a limited people that could fit in here at a time. Um, here in the metal on metal, it was it was surreal. And then having to go through multiple gates, I didn't, didn't expect that either. Yep. I was on um, high alert. You know, yep. I didn't know what to expect. And I didn't know we were going to be going in, walking the yards, talking to staff and CO while they're, surveying the yard mm-hmm. um it felt like it was great that we were out, we were given that opportunity to be there and talk about our services but i was like geez am i impeding on what you're supposed to be doing you're supposed to be watching the yard right um thankfully because there was so many um incarcerated people out there that i, I get it i get how you have to be hyper vigilant i get how you have to yeah. have your head on a swivel there's so many people to to look after and to watch and survey and that made me be on my toes. Like I, maybe I should be doing the same thing. Right. You know? Yeah. And and so next thing you know, <laughs> next thing you know, you're like, wait a minute, I just became a yard cop with you I guys. I just became a yard cop. <laughs> and just having to walk and being, paying attention to the number of gates and the painted lines and um, not having any experience working in a facility, didn't know what they meant. Yeah. So, you know, like before, um, stay true to fake it till you make it and follow people in front of you. And just never having been around that environment, that energy, you know, kind of made me feel like, what am I supposed to do? So I'm so fortunate that I have a team that I can go to and be vulnerable and ask those questions and not be afraid that I was going to be judged. And so I did exactly that. I went back to the office and I told them my experience. I said, what do I do? So I was lucky enough to get some guidance um, so that, you know, as you can imagine, the rest of the facilities that I went to, I walked in there like I knew what to do. Like, okay, I'm good. This is not my first Mm -hmm. rodeo. I got this. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, there's a lot of customs that you don't realize. And, and again, that same thing, um, you know, I, I definitely... I felt that going in, obviously, as a brand-new officer. Everyone knows you're brand-new. Your boots are polished up. Your patches and your whole uniform is just screams brand-new. The purpose of these these segments um, are to, to bring the stressors to light that these things happen, and not just for our, our custody staff, because we, you know, we, we go through training on the stressors that, that happen within our job place to make us more aware that they're there. And really, um, that was the main reason for me wanting to start the podcast was I want to reach out to the families that don't understand why is my staff member changing? Why is my husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, whatever the, the relationship is, 
why are they changing into this person that I didn't know before? And I think once people, once we really get into the segments down the road, they'll, you know, I think a lot of people will start to understand like, okay, I'm not the only one. And that definitely the stress is, you know, things that we want to go over, bring to light and really just, you know, put it out there for those people on the outside to realize like, you know, the resources available to them, um, that this isn't just a, just your family issue. This is a, across the board, whether you work custody or non-custody. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we take these things home. Um, what are some of the early signs or have you guys identified like early signs of kind of stress accumulating in a, in a person that might work in this kind of career field? Um, well, I think it's really important that when you are stressed um, and, it's, and you can identify where it's coming from, it's most important. And to mitigate that, try to nip it in the bud as early as possible. If you are um, in it, it's really important that you find the source. When you find the source and you can identify what's happening, you are better equipped with figuring out what to best do um, to alleviate that stress, you know. Right. So, say for example, if you're stressed about um, continuing continuing your physical fitness and your health, and you want to continue going to the gym and eating right, um, and having a job in a facility where it restricts your ability to go out and grab something fresh, or pack fresh food, or avoid fast food when you get off your shift, if you can um, plan ahead to avoid those stressors, then do that, you know. So once you identify what is stressing you out, you are better equipped with figuring out how to mitigate that stressor. It could be anything. Everybody um, is stressed by different things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times I see what the problem is is that you try to minimize it because you do have a tolerance. Everybody has a level of tolerance that they can tolerate their stress. The important thing is to know where that line is, mm-hmm. where you can no longer tolerate yeah. and be able to identify that. And a lot of the times you, you can't. And the people that do identify that are your loved ones. When they see you come home and you're more tightly wound than usual, when you come home and you're more short than usual, or you don't want to hang out with family like you normally would, they're, the family can see and pick up on the smaller changes and differences because they see the different you versus the old you. Um, So pay attention to those small cues, pay attention to what your family is saying. Um, A lot of the times we are in our own heads so much that we can't see what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important that staff really kind of listen to their loved ones that are saying, Hey, I think that I think there might be a problem. There might be something you're changing a little bit or whatever the case may be, because sometimes we think that, oh, you know, they're just picking on us or they're, she's harping on me and giving me a bad time, whatever the case may be. But I think really it's coming from a place of genuine concern. So trying to recognize that, you know. That's hard. I remember the, I remember the disconnect because you, you spend all day diffusing you spend all day talking you spend all day at this this very you know very much a hyper vigilant state that i'm listening to every sound i'm listening to a radio while i'm having a conversation with somebody i'm multitasking which is not definitely not one of my fortes um 
but I'm having to do all those things on daily. And when I would get home, uh, I would just be so mentally drained. I didn't want to engage in anything. I just really wanted peace and quiet. And the disconnect was usually I'd sit down, you know, at my first, my first place where I lived alone, which was nice for a little bit. And I would just watch TV for a little while. And I didn't even know what was on the TV sometimes. I would come to like, you know, what am I watching? Why am I watching this? And I'd go to something else. And, you know, there was a big disconnect. I just, the only people I started hanging around with worked at the prison. So it was an extension of work. Cause what's the only thing we talked about? Work. We talked yeah. about work. And it, the, the, <laughs> my birds of a feather and my, my whole flock was now, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it was a small town, my first institution. So when I was at the grocery store, I would see people from work. And what we talk about work. Right. And, and it's so easy uh, to go yeah, down I was that inundated with hole. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was excited when I started. I was, I was immersed. Mm-hmm. I loved the culture. I learned about, you know, the different, you know, groups and gangs inside the institution and how things were like, I, I absolutely just loved it. And I still, I still love the department, you know, even mm-hmm. after 17 years, I love the department. I love staff. I've come across. They're very much like family to me. And, um, you know, I still love the job absolutely love it but it was you know I didn't realize a lot of the the stressors and you know traumatic things that have built up over the years and just didn't recognize I, I kind of pushed them off to the side put them in the box and I put them on the shelf and that's where they stayed exactly mm-hmm. yeah know? so what happens with that I mean you touched on a lot of things that um is important to bring up because um when you do put those things away you aren't really addressing them you're just putting them away. You're stuffing them, and you're kind of saying, yeah. okay, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with you later. Yeah, I'll deal with you on a different day. Right. Yeah. But, but the thing about that is that those things creep up at the worst time mm-hmm. when you don't deal with it. And so you keep pushing it and pushing it. And at the most inopportune time, those things will come back and say, okay, now you have to address me. Right. Um, and so what we like to encourage is definitely find out where your stressors are coming from regularly find some things to help you de-stress um and it could be anything it could be something as simple as breathing intentionally and what that means is i mean breathing is a natural thing but when you mindfully breathe you can do box breathing where you breathe in for a few seconds hold it for a few seconds Mm -hmm. and then release it slowly for a few seconds those are breathing exercises you can do on the job when you have a minute, like literally a minute, yeah, um, you can do uh, simple grounding exercises where you're stomping your feet on the ground or you're wiggling your toes in your shoes just to, just to make sure that you're grounded. I'm here. I'm not going to spiral. I'm okay. You do like a body check, mind check. I'm okay. Um, and those little moments throughout the day do make a big difference. Um, another thing that I want to encourage is to continue to go out and do the things you enjoy doing, the yeah. hobbies that you enjoy doing, coaching, fishing, hunting, golfing. Um, it, it's, I also want to acknowledge it's okay for you to feel that camaraderie with the, your, your brothers and sisters that you work with on the job, off the job. That's thrilling. Yeah. You know, it makes you really enjoy your job, which is a really good thing. Uh, I want to just be aware that there comes a point where you can recognize where, okay, maybe this is a little too much because I'm working all day. I'm talking about work. I'm bringing work home. I'm thinking about work. I'm dreaming about work. It's too much work. Yeah. 
So that's where too you, much work. It's too much work. <laughs> so that's where you need to uh, start thinking about things that you used to do. You used to play golf. So let's do that again. I enjoy uh, going to the beach. Let's do that again. Um, so when you start reengaging yourself in these activities that really feed you who you are and really helps you identify who you are, it brings that old self back. No, it definitely does. You don't want to be the used to person. Yeah. I used to golf. I used to go to the gym regularly. I used to go hiking. You know, there was a staff member in our office. Um, he used to always say that. Don't be the used to. Yeah. And it's always kind of stuck with me. You know, I was I was definitely that way for the first couple of years, probably four, four years or five years. Mm-hmm. And then I started, you know, especially after I had kids, I'm like, nope. Right. I'm burning yeah. those vacation days. I'm going to take those holidays when I can. I'm going to take the time off. And when I started doing that, I almost instantly felt better. Yeah, was I technically losing money when I go to retire? Technically, yeah. But that's a long time away. It is. Mm-hmm. I have time to rebuild that time up if that's what I want to do for that check. But honestly, I wouldn't care if when I go to retire, the state's like, we owe you $43.07. I'm like, oh, I still had time on the books. <laughs> I still had time on the books. I didn't use it all. You want to see retirement. You can burn yourself out. I want to be healthy to get there. Absolutely. And that's so important to reiterate to everyone is use that time. You have to, you have to take care of yourself. And look at how much you gained. Mm -hmm. You made those little sacrifices by taking your time off, but look at how much you gained. You were actually able to witness your children grow up and enjoy time with them. Yep. Things that you'll never get back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't get that time back. And that's right. one, you know, definitely something that every officer that ever worked for me when I was a supervisor at the institutions, they're like, yeah, I've got my kid being born or their their baseball games is Saturday. I don't know if I'm going to get the time off. I'm like, okay, well, if you can't get the time off, look at doing a swap because you don't want to miss that stuff. Exactly. And I'm like, you know, that, that first soccer game, that first baseball game, that first whatever, you're not going to get that day back. Oh. Exactly. It was, it's funny. In early August, I taught um, with uh, one of our sergeants in our office. We went to the academy and taught stress resiliency there. Yeah. And one of the cadets asked, what am I going to do? My daughter, my son, has a first day of school coming up. I'm going to miss that. Yep. First that's day of hard. kindergarten. Yeah, that's hard. Yep. How do I deal with that? You know, and so... That's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of stress. And the advice we gave them was talk to your child, acknowledge and acknowledge how bad you feel about that, but also set a separate date to show them how special they are right. how, how, and you celebrate them. And that's what we advise. You know, if you're going to miss out on milestones and family functions and events, acknowledge that and tell them how you feel about that. But then also schedule something on another day to continue to celebrate or you know see try to make an arrangement with the school hey can i bring my child lunch on this day can i have lunch with them yeah exactly and a lot of schools are you know with covid now i don't really know but i'm sure that you know yeah finding that time to be there even if you can't be there on the day exactly no it's important especially when you're new you don't you have those great days off you know, yeah. it's like Wednesday, Thursday in the middle of the week. And yeah. I always liked weekdays off, though, because um, the stores weren't very full. Mm-hmm, I could right. go out and shop and there weren't I wasn't inundated with people like on the weekends. But um, no, it's it's a it's a lot. And especially for new people, um, newer, newer staff working at the institutions is 
your your schedules have got to be flexible. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I've had people like, no, I need to be off at two because I got to be here to pick up the kids. Right. And it's like, I always play the what if game. Like, what if right before there's an incident or something takes place and we have to go, like, you can't just leave. Exactly. And, um, you know, they've got to be flexible. Like dates, yeah, I get it that Christmas is on the 25th. Maybe this year it's going to have to be on the 23rd mm-hmm. or after. Exactly. You've got to be flexible. But it is, it is hard, though, especially for the families that are going to be listening to this podcast that, you know, we we understand how hard it is as staff members because we feel it, too. Um, we, do, we are not allowed to have our cell phones inside. I can't talk to you throughout the entire day. You have no idea what's going on for my shift. Um, if I do call you, I know that panic that the, the phone rings and it says the prison. And the first thoughts are sometimes like, oh, my God, something happened. They go up like, hey, I got to do a double and I'm staying. And they're kind of like, well, there go my plans that I had a surprise for you. And or I've had guys that are like, unfortunately, got held over and it's, it's my, you know, their wife's birthday or their husband's birthday. And I'm like, super sorry. And I feel guilt as a supervisor because I'm the one having to hold them. Right. Yeah. You know, I have to tell them that they they're not going home on whatever event. And usually we try and figure out a way to, to make it happen so that they can, they can leave early or whatever. But, you know, sometimes we don't have that wiggle room. Exactly. I don't, I don't have that ability to let you go, and I'm sorry. And it's, you know, they have to make that phone call home, but I have to make that phone call to them. And it, it wears on you even as a supervisor. There's a lot of it stress. Does. I don't like seeing their lives affected because right. of that. But and there's a lot of stress in that. You know, you're from the stress of the person who is making the arrangements, like, you know, the, the husband or the wife's birthday you're going to miss to your staff member is stressed out because they're missing it. And then you as a supervisor, you feel bad. So it's not, you know, I hope that our families that are listening to this, you know, when you think about those kinds of things and, you know, when your loved one does call you say, Hey, I'm getting held over. I know in the moment it can be really hard to not kind of lash out. Well, there goes the, you know, there goes the night, there goes our plans. And, but I can't guarantee you that that individual would much rather be home celebrating, doing all of those things. And it's just something they have no control over. Yeah. Yeah. And And for those families, I do encourage that the best way to mitigate that is to communicate. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. when you communicate your needs, both both the um, the custody, non-custody staff and their partners and their family members to communicate what you need and how to meet those needs based on your um, based on your um, uh expectations and your standards and your obligations how can we work together so communication is key so when you have an important event coming up and you also have the possibility of being held over have a backup plan you know so when you have that communication line open there is less room for misunderstandings there's less room for um arguments and discord between your in your relationships so The same thing goes for a day at work. If I come home from work, please give me 15 minutes in the driveway. Please, this is my routine. I'm going to come home. I'm going to undress in the garage, go shower, give me 10 minutes. And then when I come out to the family room, I'll be ready. That way you Mm -hmm. come out with a different frame of mind. So when you communicate those needs, there's a shared understanding between you and your partner and your family members that um, 
will reduce the likelihood of misunderstandings and arguments. And that's what you want, you know, bring you closer together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, It all, it always boils down to, it starts with, um, and you said the key word was communication. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because there was a lot of times that, you know, things would happen inside the institution that I wouldn't talk about when I would come home, but I would be completely disconnected. I was kind of like more in a fog. Like sometimes I would forget even the drive home. I know I drove there safe because I'd go out and check the car. I'm like, okay, car's in solid peace. We're, we're good. But, um, yeah, there would be that disconnect where I really don't remember the events that took place after I left work. I remember all of work. Mm-hmm. But my commute wasn't that long going home. And being in that hypervigilant state, and that's you know something people need to realize, it takes a long time to actually get out of that state. And then home. you go to the very other end of the spectrum Yes. of it. You don't go to the middle of normal. You drop way below normal. Right. You hang out there for a period of, on average, how long does it take? It takes about eight to 12 hours to yeah. really, to really get back to your normal range. Right. Um, so that hypervigilance roller coaster during the day, you're really up high because you're on the lookout. Your um, head is on a swivel and you want to make sure you're safe because that's the number yeah. one goal is to get home safely. Right. And so you're always on your toes. So then when you get home, you check out. You know, literally, you don't remember the drive home because you're trying to decompress. And your mind is literally disconnected from your body. Yeah. So you're yeah. on autopilot. And your body is just driving home because it knows how to get home. But your mind isn't checked in. Yeah. Because uh, it's still trying to recover. And then when you get home, you crash. Because, you know, with Newton's law, every action has an opposite and equal reaction. So as high as you were up there at work thriving, you crash just as hard when you get home. And so to reduce that or to mitigate and stop that from happening you have to check yourself throughout the day and do those breathing exercises do those grounding exercises um another thing you can do is the five senses you know you can say white clock you can say brown floor um i feel lint in my pockets you know when you kind of trick your mind and distract it and by naming off five senses i see this i smell this um, red notebook, blue pen, those things really distract your mind from what's going on and kind of grounds you. So when you do those small things throughout the day, you have a better chance of not crashing, mm-hmm. um, especially those breathing exercises. And so you, on the drive home, you're more likely to reconnect your mind to your body so that you can be more present because that's what's happening. You're not present right. when you're driving home. Um, and so... In addition to that, what I do also want to go off of your communication, um, right, the, the thing what we talked about is communication. When you get home, it's really important that you talk to your partner about what can you handle because mm-hmm. you always have to find, please, please find someone that you trust in talking to because you will see things, hear things uh, throughout your day that are going to stay with you. custody and non-custody staff will see and hear things and read things Mm -hmm. that will stay with you so you need to find someone who you trust to unload these things on talk about these things so they don't stay jumbled in your head and in order to do that talk to your partners talk to the people that you trust and say hey what can you handle I don't want to be able to talk to you and unload all these things on you it helps me yes but am I hurting you and that's the thing. You don't want to hurt the person that you trust. Right. So having that line of communication will help 
And and if if you need to go to another person, say the person you your go to person can't handle certain things, but you still need to vent and talk about it to someone else, find another person, find a, a therapist, find a, a, a buddy, go to join a um a, a book club or a golf club, yeah. someone that you can build a relationship. Or use with. that use the CDCR wellness app. And use the wellness the app. Wellness app yeah. is exactly. <laughs> or you can even call peer support. The wellness mm-hmm. app gives you access yeah. to peer support throughout the whole state. Mm-hmm. So if you don't feel um, comfortable talking to peer support at your facility, you can contact peer support in another facility who has no idea who you are, right. but can totally understand what you go through. Yeah, that's I think important. It, I think it's important to point out to setting boundaries, um, especially for you know staff who maybe you just don't want to talk about anything. Maybe there's certain things that you just don't feel comfortable sharing, but you need to set those boundaries with your loved ones too it's important to talk about those things and even if it's not with your significant other or a, you know a friend or whatever you can always call our office and get connected with yeah. people who can you know hear you out and put kind of help piece those things together that you're seeing and feeling and that's what's important too is that the the families listening to this podcast or hopefully mm-hmm. listening to this podcast realize that you have all the same resources that your staff member has. Yep. You can reach out to and, hey, I'm seeing this go on. I'm seeing this take place. And talk to those people. Or as you listen to these podcasts, as we move forward and we, you know, we talk about, we, we're going to talk about how, you know, stress accumulates over time and what it causes in future segments. You know, another good resource that you don't feel so alone. Because I guarantee you're not the only person experiencing it statewide. It's the the tr- accumulated trauma and accumulated things of stress over time in prison is very conducive to people who work in a prison mm-hmm. that it's custody or not we suffer from usually the same things yes and yes. you know no no family members alone so i always want to make sure that they know too like all of these resources are available to you too yes yes definitely office employee wellness we always stress is here specifically for staff for veterans and their families. Yeah. Um, and that means exactly that, like Sergeant Ringer said, you as a family member can reach out to our office and speak to one of us. We are a multidisciplinary office, meaning that we have a staff of psychologists, licensed social workers, um, sergeants, correctional officers, analysts, SSAs. And so you don't necessarily have to talk to a therapist. You don't necessarily have to talk to a psychologist. You can talk to Kat. Kat yeah. is a wealth of knowledge. Um, she's an awesome person. If you just want someone to hear you out, that's her. And she's an analyst, and she'll, she'll understand what you're going through. So if it's not one of us in the office, we can connect you to someone with um, EAP, or we can connect you to someone in your local community. Our goal, our mission is to support staff and their families 100%. and veterans. Mm-hmm. So we are here for you 100%. So for staff, for staff and for their families reaching out, um, would the wellness app be the best source all around for them to, to be able to get in contact with somebody or to see what services are available? Would that be the best option for them? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can go to the Apple app or the Google Play Store and mm-hmm. you can just type in CDCR Wellness. Uh, the CDCR Wellness app will pop up. You can download that, create an account. Um, you do. We do stress creating an account is um, that's where you're going to get the most benefit from the app itself. Yeah. So it's completely 100% confidential. Um, the only thing required to create uh, an account is entering an email address. And so it can be a totally bogus email. It doesn't have to be CDCR email. You just have to remember it if you forget it's, your password. It's for password retrieval purposes right, right. only, yes. Um, so you can go in, you can create an account. Um, like I said, it's 100% confidential. There's uh, information about our office in there. So if you wanted to get in contact with my, um, she's in the app. You can click of a button. You can get in contact with her. Same with myself and everyone else in uh, the Office of Employee Wellness. You can get in contact with peer support, EAP. Um, as Mai mentioned earlier, there's those sleep sounds that are awesome. Those are in the app. There's. Uh, I want to see what celebrities are on there. I, yes. I'm kind of curious you, now. You check it out. <laughs> Check it out. Yeah. There's self-assessments in there. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if maybe you're kind of questioning whether or not maybe you have a problem with substance abuse or, um, you know, anything of that nature. You can always take a self-assessment, kind of see where you fall. Mm-hmm. Everything is, nothing is tracked. It's 100% confidential. Yeah. So, uh, so many amazing resources in there. We really strongly um suggest checking it out because there's something for everyone. Yeah. Really, truly. And for instance, if there is something on the app that's not on there, or if you think that something could be added that's not on there already, reach out to us and let us know. We Mm -hmm. are continually updating the app every month. Constantly. Constantly. Because we want to, the only way that we, the only thing we do monitor is how often a certain category, a certain topic is being selected, like depression, substance abuse, or um, trauma. Mm -hmm. And so that indicates that there's more information needed or more information is being requested. So we would update that to try to meet that need. But that doesn't show who's clicked on it, just that. Just that that particular one is getting more traffic than others. Exactly, so we yeah. need to put more resources towards that. But in no way, shape, or form do I know who took mm-hmm. a survey, what their results were, and in no way, shape, or form do I even know at all who's on checking out the, the app. Exactly. Correct. Exactly. If you go yeah. and you uh, take an assessment, it, they take about five minutes. They have 10 to 15 questions. And if you go back and then try to read that assessment again, it's gone. You have to retake it. Yeah, you have to take it from start to finish if you're going to take it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's no start later, so as soon as it's it's gone. I want to thank you both so very much for coming out here and and having these, you know, they're kind of hard conversations to to have and to be open about. Um, I'm looking forward to future segments where we can really dive into what these accumulated stressors are. And then the biggest thing is, while I can't necessarily prevent them, Mm-hmm. Um, we start building that resilience to how they affect our life in a negative yes. way. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us today. That's been awesome talking with you. And again, just reminding staff, their families and retirees out there that are listening to this, you know, please reach out um, again. If you don't know where to turn or, you know, you need something, but you're not quite sure where to start, please call our office. Yep. Yes. And, and all that information can be found on the, the, on the, the, CDCR the app. wellness app. Yeah, the wellness yep. app. Yeah. Awesome. Well, again, thank you both so very much for taking time out of your day to come down here and do this for the staff and the families. Um, and yeah, it was a 
great conversation. Look forward to many more. Thank right. you for Thank having you. us. All right, have a good rest of your day. Right. Thank, Thank you. you. We all have stress in our lives. This episode from the Office of Employee Wellness was helpful in teaching us what to look for and how to manage stress. Remember, the CDCR Wellness app has numerous resources for problems that do not track users. They're completely anonymous. And also information, uh, meditation suggestions, and sleep sounds for insomnia troubles. You know, it's really good to know that our staff has a place to go if they have questions about stress. I know even personally, I have to check in with myself sometimes. Sometimes if I don't take a moment to be mental and physical and present in the moment, I really struggle with the rest of the day. And those stressors can really start to build up if you don't take the time to talk it out, have a conversation with somebody, whether it's a professional or a friend, just have an adult conversation. It can solve so many problems sometimes. And the best part about that is that OEW can connect staff and their families and retirees to services in their local communities to have those conversations. It's outstanding. And we learned so much today. And it was very helpful because, you know, as as we mentioned, and as we heard, stress is a part of our lives. It's it's just learning to deal with it. That's right. It's not going away. So that's going to do it for today's episode of CDCR Unlocked. Look for more episodes every other Thursday right here. Thanks for listening. Mm